Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And so finally, the time comes. So now it's just the two men alone. His servant has gone ahead. Now it's just Saul and Samuel there standing on the outskirts of the city. And then it says in verse te- or chapter 10, excuse me, Then Samuel took a flask of oil, he poured it on his head, and he kissed him, and he said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? everyone and welcome to today's edition of Truth in Christ Radio. Today we learn that upon God's word and direction, Samuel anoints Saul, the first king of Israel. Samuel anointed Saul by pouring oil on his head. As Christians under the new covenant, we also have an anointing, but we have an anointing from the Holy One. In the New Testament sense, anointing has the idea of being filled and blessed by the Holy Spirit. This is something that is common in all Christians, and something we can and should become more submitted to. Now let's join Pastor Rob. Uh, Let's open our Bibles uh, tonight. We're going to be looking at uh, chapter 10 of 1 Samuel. Uh, Last week we looked at chapter 9, where we were really introduced to a gentleman by the name of Saul. Saul, who was the son of Kish, he was a Benjamite. He would actually be Israel's first king. Remember that the children of Israel, they were kind of fed up with Samuel's two sons. We know that as Samuel became older, his two sons were judges down in Beersheba, and his sons didn't walk in his ways. And so the people were very discouraged about that. And they decided at that point they wanted a king to rule over them. And God gave to Samuel words to share with them about the the nature of the king that would rule over them, and that ought to be enough to kind of make them reconsider, because really when God judged them through the time of the judges, that 450 years approximately, they really didn't need a king, because God was the one who was uh, over them. He would tell the judge, and the judge would uh, do those things that God had commanded, and the people would rise up because there were a great number of them. They were an army in and of themselves, so they really didn't need to have um, an army because they were the army. But now they decide like they, they want to be like all the other nations, and there's something about that in the nature of, of the human heart, especially of unsaved man. We want to be like everyone else. We don't want to be unique. You know, God caused each one of you, I don't know if you know this, actually I know you know it in your head, but every one of us is unique. 
we're, we're the same in, in, in many ways, but God has created you unique. You've got a unique personality. There's no one on the planet like you. They can look similar to you, but there is no one quite like you. Your personality, uh, everything about you is different. It's like a snowflake. Every snowflake is different, and you're no different. God created you unique. But they wanted to be like all the nations around them. They wanted to have a king to rule over them, just like all the nations, just like all of the nations. And so we see Saul being introduced on the scene, and we find that he was actually his father's donkeys were lost. And so Saul goes looking for his donkeys with a servant of his. And they go from Gabeah, where Saul lived, and his father, Kish, and their small family. And they go north, and they're trying to search for these donkeys. And little did they know that it was actually God's providence that these donkeys were lost. Because as a result of those donkeys being lost, now Saul has got to travel. And he's going to find himself, unwittingly, he's going to find himself in the town of Ramah, which is where Samuel lived. And Saul really didn't know Saul or Samuel that well at all. In fact, when he gets there, he had to be pointed out to Saul. And yet this man was the judge over Israel all the time of his life. And yet Saul had no idea who he was. And he wasn't that far away. Just a few miles up the road from Gabeah is Ramah. So it kind of makes you wonder, why, isn't it, why didn't he know? Was he not interested in spiritual things? We really don't know. And so Saul goes looking for these donkeys. Finally, he catches up with Samuel. And Samuel, hearing from the Lord the day prior that a man from Benjamin would be coming, and God told him to anoint this man as king over Israel, as the commander over the Lord's heritage. And so Samuel knew. So when Saul comes on the scene and he meets with Samuel, Samuel has a big feast. They have a big feast. Saul is placed in that place of, as the guest of honor, which is a very great uh, honor for him to be, especially in Samuel's presence, who is very well-known, very famous prophet. And then it tells us there in the 25th verse of chapter 9, and let's just pick up there, and we're going to read through chapter 10, through at least through verse 16. It says that when they had come down from the high place... Uh, into the city of Ramah, Samuel spoke with Saul on top of the house, and they arose early, and it was about the dawning of the day that Samuel called to Saul on top of the house, saying, Get up, that I may send you on your way. And Saul arose, and both of them went outside, he and Samuel. And it says in verse 27, As they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go on ahead of us. And he went on, But you stand here a while, that I may announce to you the word of the Lord. And so here is the, the reason for the meeting itself. And I am sure that Saul was very perplexed at this time because the night prior when they had the feast, Samuel is dropping these subtle hints about, uh, his, about, about Saul being the, the desired one of Israel and, and upon his family's line. And so it really got Saul's curiosity peaked. And so finally the time comes. So now it's just the two men alone. His servant has gone ahead. Now it's just Saul and Samuel there standing on the outskirts of the city. And then it says in verse ten, or chapter 10, excuse me, Then Samuel took a flask of oil, he poured it on his head, and he kissed him, and he said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? 
And when you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah. And there you will, and there they will say to you, the donkeys which uh, you went to look for have been found. And now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and is worrying about you, saying, What shall I do about my son? And then you shall go on forward from there and come to the terebinth tree of Tabor. There three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you, one carrying three young goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a skin of wine. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall receive from their hands. And after you shall come to the hill of God, or excuse me, after that, you shall come to the hill of God, where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you have come there to the city, that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a stringed instrument, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them, and they will be prophesying. And then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And let it be, when these things come to you, that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I will come to you, down to you, to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait until I come to you and show you what you should do. And so it was, when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, that God gave him another heart. And all these signs came to pass that day when they came up to the hill. There was a group of prophets to meet him, and then the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. And it happened, verse 11, when all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets, that the people said to one another, What is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And then a man answered and said, But who is their father? Therefore it became a proverb, Is Saul also among the prophets? And when he had finished prophesying, he went to the high place. And then Saul's uncle said to him and his servant, Where did you go? And so he said, "Uh, To look for the donkeys. And when we saw that they were nowhere to be found, we went to Samuel. And Saul's uncle said, Tell me, please, what Samuel said to you. So Saul said to his uncle, He told us plainly about the donkeys had been found, but about the matter of the kingdom, he did not tell him what Samuel had said. And so here we see... Saul on his way. And then we're going to see in chapter 10 at least three different themes. The obvious thing is that the anointing of Saul as king. That's fairly obvious to us, but I want you to see a few other things in this chapter that are really unique. And that is the gifts of the Spirit operating in the Old Testament. Most of the time we think of the gifts of the Spirit only being a New Testament thing. But we see this in the Old Testament, and so we're going to be looking at that. And we're also going to see the manifestation of the threefold ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the, of the believer. Not all three, but we're going to see one of them, because the other two are really reserved for the New Testament church. And we'll look at that as well. And so these are very significant things that we, that we read about here in First Samuel. So let's go back to verse 1 here. Notice it says that Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? And so Saul was privately anointed by Samuel there at Ramah. And the oil was significant. They normally anointed priests. They would anoint kings. And so this was a very significant moment 
for Saul and Samuel. And I find this interesting because as Samuel is anointing Saul, Saul's kingly line was destined to fail before it began. And you may ask, why is that? Because it was never to be sustained but from the line of Judah. From the line of Judah. You recall last time we were together, we looked at Genesis chapter 49 as Jacob was dying on his deathbed. And there is his 12 sons surrounding him. He prophesies over all of them. And when he comes to Judah, he mentions some things. But one of the things that he mentioned concerning Judah, he said, The scepter shall not depart from Judah. The scepter is the right to rule. The scepter is a a, a rod of authority, if you will. And that rod can be used in a a variety of different ways. When you put forth the rod, it can uh, allow somebody to come forward to to the throne. It can also mean your death. And so the scepter was the right to rule. And what tribe was Saul from? From Benjamin. But yet, the Bible tells us, that the scepter shall not depart from Judah. And it's interesting, isn't it? So already, this is not going to last. And of course, God knew this. And aren't you glad that God gives everyone a chance? No one will be able to stand before God and say, you never gave me a chance. You always had this group pegged out, and I never had a chance. Well, here's an, uh, an, um, an opportunity where Saul could have really done the right thing. He could have had a really great heart. God gave him every opportunity. And we're going to see, and we've already read it as we skimmed the chapter, God empowering Saul for service. Even though God knew ultimately what the end was going to be, but he gave him every opportunity. And see, that's that's what God does for each one of us. He gives us each opportunity. We won't be able to stand before him and say, I didn't receive anything, Lord. So the Lord gives He gives us all opportunities. So notice, verse 2, it says, When you have departed from me today, he says, You will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah, and they will say to you, The donkeys which you have looked for have been found, and now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys, and I was worried about you. So can you see here, when we see here, it says that when you have departed from me today, it's like Samuel is telling Saul, Things that haven't even happened yet. Has somebody ever told you something that hasn't happened yet? The only way they can do that is by the Spirit of God, because God is omni, he's omniscient, he's omnipresent. And yet Samuel here is showing the gift, really, of the gift of, uh, of the, a word of knowledge. God gave him supernatural understanding of events the next day that haven't even occurred yet. And they're very specific instructions. You're going to meet these people on this place at this time, and everything is laid out for them, and that can only be done by the Spirit of God. And yet we are in the Old Testament. We are in the Old Testament. And so we see this gift of the Spirit here in verse 2. In fact, verses 2 through 6, we're going to see Samuel... Uh, showing forth this spiritual gift of the word of knowledge concerning Saul's journey after he leaves him. And you might want to circle these verses. Circle verse 2, circle verse 3, and circle verse 5. Because each one of these things, you're going to see God giving to Samuel this gift for the moment. For the moment. 
And turn with me to 1 Corinthians, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You guys aren't used to me having you turn to places. I'm usually just giving you the reference and going for it. (laughs) But it's good for us to see these things, too. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to pick up at verse 4. Again, Paul writing to the Corinthians, what does he say to them? He says, there are diversities of gifts. He's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. But the same Spirit. There are many differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of the person? No, underline that word, for the profit of all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom, which is what we see Samuel exemplifying here, I believe. A word of wisdom. That's a spiritual gift. Do you recall another time in 1 Kings chapter 3 where two women, remember, were, were going to, they, were, they were going through a famine and they decided, these two women who had young children, young babies, that the ladies are like, you know, let's eat my child today, and then tomorrow we will eat yours. And that's how bad things have gotten. And that was actually a prophecy that God had given. And so the one lady does, she allows her child, they allow the child to die, and they eat the one child. And then the next day comes, and the other lady says, "Ah, I don't think so, I changed my mind. Right? And so they come before Solomon, and they say, you know, you know, we need to divide this child, you know, we need to eat this child because that's what the, the deal that we put together. And so Sam's, or I'm sorry, Solomon was gifted by the Lord with a word of wisdom, and he said, why don't we just divide the one child right now? And then the true child, or the true mother of the child could not bear going through that. And so Sam, or Solomon excuse me, gave the child to the woman who really had compassion because that was her child. You can read about that in First Kings, but that was a word of wisdom that God had given to Solomon. And so we see those gifts working. And notice, and, then, and, and this is uh, the word of wisdom is through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. We're seeing Samuel doing the same thing here. God giving him knowledge A word of knowledge is information that the Spirit of God gives you that you wouldn't or couldn't obtain by ordinary means. It is a gift. I remember one time I was praying for someone. It was a while ago, and I was just there, and I started praying. I I didn't really understand why I was praying this, and the person was floored (laughs) because they didn't understand that they thought I knew something about them, and I never met them before. And yet the Lord at that moment gave me something about them that I couldn't have you know, possibly known. And so God does that. And he, he gives you information that you couldn't have known or couldn't have obtained in any ordinary means. And so a word of knowledge through the same spirit, another of the same spirit, uh, the gift of healings. We see that in the Old Testament as well. Remember Elisha healing Naaman, the Syrian, from leprosy. That was a gift of healing. He pronounced the gift of healing upon him. And so we see 
the gifts of the Spirit are not just a New Testament thing. We see them sprinkled all the way throughout the Old Testament. Why? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We often think of this great divide between the Old Testament and the New Testament, but it's the same God. We see grace in the Old Testament. Most people think that God is this angry God of the Old Testament, and he's really this sweet little puppy dog in the New Testament, but he really, he's the same. When you look at Acts chapter 5 and Ananias and Sapphira being judged by God and God striking them dead because of their error at the beginning of the church, hey, he was a God of, of, of judgment at that point, wasn't he not? But yet he was also a God of grace. And you see all of that throughout the Old Testament as well. Same God. Same God. So don't let anybody tell you that it's a different book. No, it's all one book. Same God. Amen? I remember in October of 2018, uh, Jen Dolly, who's a member of our fellowship, she was taking care of her kids one morning, and it was really cold that day, very cold. It was freezing, actually. And on her phone, she got this Amber Alert message. And if you were here that Sunday, you remember what happened. There was a woman, a young girl by the name of Madeline Rose. I think she was uh, like 13 years old, and she wasn't quite there mentally, and the night before uh, she left her family, it was either the night before or early in the morning, she was, and I think it was the evening that she left, I, I don't recall, but it doesn't really matter, she was out in sub-zero temperature, out in the middle of nowhere, out there in Rush, Henrietta, you know, way out there in the sticks, and she didn't have her mental faculty, she didn't even leave with a coat, and so this young lady was, her health and her life was in jeopardy, and Jen gets the message on her iPhone, an Amber Alert, and the Lord right there tells her right where she is. She, she gets her kids, she gets Daniel and Hannah, sticks them in the car, and they go right to the place. God told her exactly where she was. She goes and she picks her up, saves her life. But there's no way for her to know. I mean, how can you know that? I mean, the Lord just says, get in your car and, and go and I'll show you. And, and he did. And he, he brought her and she's safe and she survived. And how is that? That's a gift of the Spirit. God showing something, a word of knowledge, just giving to Jen that uh, location of where Madeline was. We see it in the New Testament again, even in, in John's Gospel, the very first chapter, uh, when Nathaniel is introduced to Jesus, and it says in verse 46 of John chapter 1, Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? He was speaking to Philip, and Philip said to him, Come and see. And so Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You'll see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God descending and descending upon the Son of Man. And so Nathanael was so blown away because he, Jesus knew exactly where he was before he saw him coming. And he knew exactly what he was probably reading or thinking about while he was meditating there at that place. And that is why we have such a, a, a really um, amazing response from Nathanael. He's like, truly, you're the son of God. If you know that, that means that you're omniscient. 
and certainly even the Son of God, Jesus Christ, using a word of knowledge here because he is the incarnate word of God, tells him. But let's go into verse 2 here in our text. And this is the first sign, if you will, that Samuel gave to Saul. Notice. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Samuel. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.